0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's Friday, December 29th, and your Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. On today's program, Ben talks the top stories of the week with none other than the People's Show podcast host, Mark Wallace. The Ben Jarofsky Show is a presentation of the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink, well, you need to head to ChicagoReader.com because you can find out all that and much more. If you want to find Ben Jarofsky, you want to read articles, you want to check out bonus interviews. Just head to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J O R A V is in victory, S K Y.
1: Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this the war continues Friday, and here's why. Actually, it's uh, uh oh, what a week. Uh, the last a show of the calendar year. Wow. I was just talking to producer Chris this year has flown by. Uh, we are at the end of December about the cruise in uh, to January of 2024. That is the big showdown the year. Will democracy exist in the United States? That's what 2024 uh, will decide. Ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, will democracy as we know it, I know it's a flawed democracy. I know it's not a perfect democracy. I've lived in Chicago since 1981, okay? I know it's not. I know it's far from ideal. But it is more or less a democracy. And it is a democracy that we've had my whole lifetime. Uh, Mark Wallace is my distinguished guest. His whole lifetime, we're about the same age. Uh, He's a little younger than me. Uh, He's a kid. Uh, But, um, you know, president loses. He uh, welcomes the new president in. He may be licking his wounds. may be upset and hurt, but, you know, that's what you do. It's like, you know, I just thought about this as a basketball analogy. Uh, Donald Trump is sort of like the Detroit Pistons. Follow me on this, ladies and gentlemen. Any basketball fans out there will know what I'm talking about. In 1991, the Chicago Bulls uh, humiliated uh, Isaiah Thomas, Bill Laimbeer, and the Detroit Pistons uh, in the playoffs game. Uh, and instead of hanging around to shake hands and congratulate the, the winners, what did the Pistons do to their everlasting shame? They walked off the court early so they could avoid shaking hands. Went right by the Bulls, put their heads down so there would be no eye contact. For shame, for shame, for shame. Isaiah Thomas tried to talk his way out of that for the – 30 odd years or something. Billy Bear doesn't care, okay? Because he doesn't care if everybody hates him. You know, he kind of thrives on that. That's a basketball reference. Issue. But that's kind of in, in a, uh, a minimalistic version of what Donald Trump has done. So Donald Trump has made it clear he does not believe in the rules and regulations that govern democracy. Uh, that if he loses, which he did last time, he'll declare himself the winner uh, and try to lead an insurrection and uh he will do it again and again and again and he's being enabled by the republican party so if this country is foolish enough to elect donald trump as its president in 20 in november of 2024 the year that's about to come then we have lost democracy you all know it, lefties i know a lot of you lefties i think i'm not voting for biden no matter what i'm not i'm just going to sit this one out i'll vote for i don't know delia ramirez but i'm not voting for biden i'm like well you all know you're smart you know it's the end of uh Democracy if donny Trump wins. You saw what happened on January 6th. Anyway, I'm gonna open with this little bit for Mark Wallace we're gonna talk about Trump too. Uh so uh yesterday, uh shout-out listener Frank sent me this uh <laughs> tweet from the um uh the Libertarian Party of the state of New Hampshire. And they were weighing in on Nikki Haley's comments uh about slavery and the Civil War, which I still haven't gotten over, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the inability of Nikki Haley to acknowledge that slavery was the cause the South was fighting for. They were fighting for their right to enslave black people. That's what they were fighting for. And I just can't get over it, how the Republican Party feels as though this is like an issue they can't acknowledge. Here we are in 2023. They can't acknowledge this because they're afraid of losing their voters. They're afraid of aggravating their voters. They're afraid of upsetting white people who somehow or other think what? That's like wokeness. Some kind of bizarre, like political correct thing. Slavery. Really twisted and weird mindset of the Republican Party now. Nobody And nobody will defy it. Like, Nikki Haley's supposed to be the moderate in the Republican Party. She's supposed to be the kind, compassionate one in the Republican Party. She can't defy it. So anyway, they, uh, she uh, ducked and dodged the question of what, uh, you know, what caused the Civil War. She wouldn't mention slavery when asked about it. And then she had a backtrack. The backtrack was somehow more embarrassing than the original statement. Anyway, the, here's how the New Hampshire uh, libertarians responded. They did a uh, put a meme out comparing Abraham Lincoln to Osama bin Laden. Uh, and the point of the comparison of the meme is that uh, many more people died because of Abraham Lincoln than because of Osama bin Laden. Uh, and the justification, after they talk about the number of people murdered, number of people injured, uh, and the economic costs of the country uh, for the Civil War compared to 9-11, uh, they get to the justification. And for Osama bin Laden, they write, regain... Uh, uh, Arab uh, control of land from imperialism Uh, and the justification for Abraham Lincoln, expand D.C. control of southern lands. Like, Wow, that's (laughs) their justification. That's what they think it was all about. (laughs) It's what I don't understand. I'm going to bring in uh, uh, Mark Wallace, a podcaster extraordinaire, businessman, extraordinary real estate tycoon. I don't know about Tycoon, but he does all right. Um, This is what I don't understand, Mark. Uh, And the Libertarian Party is supposed to be the party of liberty, hence the name, Libertarians. I'm like, hello? The opposite of liberty is slavery. You would think if there was one party in America that would appreciate what Abraham Lincoln and the the Union did uh, in the Civil War would be the Libertarians because they liberated enslaved people hello libertarians that's how clueless and weird uh MAGA America is in my mind libertarians are just a portion of MAGA America they have lost their freaking minds ladies and gentlemen they don't even know what they believe anymore they profess one thing and act a different way anyway that's my thoughts on this topic thank you listener Frank Mark welcome back to the show
2: Ben Merry Christmas to you and uh great New Year coming uh, for you and your family, and certainly it is always my pleasure. Uh, I am always deliciously proud to be on uh, the program with you discussing all, all of the world issues um, and solving them okay. over an hour and a half. Yes, we solve them,
1: okay? When we're done, the problems are solved, and right. we leave <laughs> our, our virtual <laughs> studio and everybody screwed up. Uh, yeah. Okay, so help me out here. I need help with this one. All right. uh, the libertarians are ter- apparently in favor of slavery. Are they unaware of what their name means? They're liberty. Help me out here, Mark
2: Wallace. Well, let me say racism, bigotry, prejudice, um, and entitlement is basically what all of those tags mask their hatred behind so the the labels the titles mean nothing the titles they put there deliberately to cover and mask what and who they really are what donald trump is donald trump has become that volcano of bigotry racism hate vitriol revenge retaliation um that he has given license for people to act out mm-hmm. what they have always felt, what they have always meant. Now, that is a small minority of people in this country today that has maintained that level of ignorance and hate, um, but... They've been there for a long time and they haven't had a poster boy and Donald Trump has been their poster boy and have given them license and permission that you can come from out of the back of your hidden areas and walls and your rural areas and you can act out. You have the freedoms to act this out because we I am going to be your supporter. I am going to be your your uh, promoter, uh, whatever other label that it is but he basically has given those people license he has given them that freedom to say wow we've got somebody who is going to protect us in terms of exacerbating all of our hate so all of the titles that they have libertarians and freedoms and all of those terms colloquial terms that they use um are nothing more than mask to cover their insidious bigotry and hate period. That's all that is. Well, well, I'll push back
1: a little bit on something you said, a small minority. Uh, It's a healthy minority. uh, And because of the electoral college, they could essentially be the majority Mm -hmm. and determine and and elect uh, Donald Trump as uh, our next president in 2024. And then once in office, he's not going to give it up guys. You know that. Uh, And, um, so that brings me to the breaking news you see, uh, yesterday, which uh, hit about, I don't know, about five, and then four o'clock in the afternoon or so. The Secretary of State in Maine ruled uh, that Donald Trump was ineligible to be on the ballot uh, in Maine uh, because he was an insurrectionist. Uh, he violated the oath of office that he took. He violated... the section of the 14th amendment that's absolutely there for everyone to see unless you want to ignore it, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Originalists and textualists uh, who swear up and down that every word is sacred in the U S constitution have suddenly uh, just uh, are incapable of reading uh, the U S constitution. And they're going to find some wiggle room to uh, duck and dodge on this one. We all know that. Uh, And, but Maine um, uh, bounced Donnie off the ballot. Uh, It's, And uh, so this is the second state to do so. Colorado is the first. Uh, California punted later in the day. Uh, But there's, I think, about 12 or 14 other states that are out there weighing in on this um, decision of should Donald Trump, an insurrectionist, be allowed to go uh, on uh, the ballot uh, as a presidential candidate, even though the 14th Amendment prohibits such insurrectionists clearly prohibits such insurrectionists from being on the ballot so i get we'll start with you i'll give you uh uh we'll start off with just a general question what was your
2: reaction uh when you saw what maine had done well my reaction um is the same as it was when this was first being broached um earlier this year uh about the insurrection uh uh section of the uh, 14th Amendment that uh, this is a question that puts the Supreme Court, the current Supreme Court, um, on trial before the entire world and the United States of America is to see whether or not we have nine justices that are going to defend and uphold the Constitution, or if we are now going to find out that we have a Supreme Court that is politically politicized and just another legislative body in black robes. That is what this question um, does for all of us Americans, all of those of us who study and research, all of us who don't do any research, but this is for every one of us. The Supreme Court is on trial and this question before them, because it is as clear as any other section of the Constitution in terms of its language. It is very clear, very specific. It is not uh, posed as a crime that a person has to be uh, charged or convicted under at all. It doesn't read that at all. It doesn't say that you have to be charged or convicted of a crime. All it says is that you have to have participated or given aid or comfort, period. Uh, and Donald Trump certainly, certainly has, um, um, you know, committed at least two of those very clearly, uh, if not all of them. But uh, two of them are very clear that uh, supports that. So the cons- the the, uh, the Supreme Court is on trial. It's on trial before the United States public, and we're going to find out whether or not we have a judiciary or we just have a third legislative. Uh, branch of government.
1: Hmm. All right. Well here is uh my what I anticipate. Uh and I uh I call this the Monroe uh doctrine. A little pun there, and our dear friend Monroe Anderson. We talk about this endlessly, uh, and I put this to Monroe directly. There is no way, in my humble opinion, that the United States Supreme Court is going to bounce Donald Trump off that ballot. No way, in my humble opinion. Uh, first of all, the number of Republicans on uh, the, the uh, on the bench—it's six to three Republicans. Uh, so they got that party loyalty somewhere embedded under the role. They're human beings, ladies and gentlemen. This is their political uh, their lineage. So there's that. Um, at least two of them, three of them, to actively despise uh, liberals. And that would put Clarence uh, Thomas, Sam Alito, uh, Brett Kavanaugh in that camp. So th- they're just not going to do anything that they think can be politically advantageous uh, to liberals. By the way, and as you could see where I'm arguing more, because it's nothing to do with the merits of the argument. Mm-hmm. I always tell people forget the merits of the argument. These are human beings, you're doing these are political decisions. Right. They and I always say the same thing. That's why you got clerks. Just invent some language that justifies what I want to do. Okay. Go ask what you're, you're a clerk. That's what you do. And go get me a sandwich while you're at it. All right. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what, what a clerk does. Or you, go, you go fetch sandwiches and write uh wiggle room stuff, right? you know, weasel stuff. So I just don't see it happening. Uh I just you know, MAGA will immediately weigh in with death threats. You know, the insurrection was itself filled with death threats at, uh, at Vice President Mike Pence. So and on one hand, they're probably scared, Mark. They're scared that if they rule against Trump, you know, they could be killed or their families could suffer. So for all these reasons, their loyalty to the party, their fear of MAGA, their hatred of liberals, there is, in my opinion, there is no way they're going to... Um, uh, bounce Donald Trump off the ballot, even though it's clear
2: that he should be bounced. Your thoughts? Well, I don't know whether they're f- afraid or not, but I, I, I tend to believe that, that that's the least of their concerns. I think that, and it's not the Supreme Court justices that would bounce him off the ballot. It is the Constitution. It is the language of the Constitution that bounces him off the ballot. The question is whether or not we have nine jurists, nine people, justices, that are going to uphold and defend the Constitution. Do we have a Constitution and do we have protectors and defenders of the Constitution? That is the question. It's not the question of whether they're going to bounce them off the ballot. The Constitution does that. Whether or not they're going to uphold the Constitution is the question that we have to pay attention to. We we cannot allow ourselves to get sucked into the whole Um, ideology of the politicization of it, we have to look and see whether or not these justices are going to look beyond all of that and say that this is the Constitution, that they put their hand on a Bible, rose their hand before the entire United States and say that I swear to defend constitution to the best of my ability now they may use the, the excuse that the best of their ability may be weak but that is the real question whether or not they're going to uphold the constitution
1: well i don't believe they will uphold the constitution i understand what you're saying uh that uh <laughs> that's that's the issue at stake there i mean uh that's now, reprogram- my opinion
2: is my opinion is hmm You asked me to give you an opinion. I'm going to give you an opinion. I do not believe that those six people are going to uphold the Constitution. They're going to find a way to wiggle out of uh, upholding the Constitution. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, I'm with you. They'll find some way.
1: Yes. I already see like the different little things they're going to cook up. Well, you know, he's not a really uh, what is it like uh, exactly an officer of state or uh, well, you know, he wasn't convicted or. Yeah, well, uh, you know, they didn't really have this in mind when they said I don't know, come up with some excuse. And I laugh because you and I are Chicago uh, guys. We, you know, we live in Chicago have lived here for a long time. It's a ballot access. This is all this is ballot access. Are you uh, abiding by all the rules and regulations that govern your uh, ballot access? It's it's a privilege to be on the ballot. It's not an automatic right. You got to do certain things uh, to make the ballot. You have to. uh, You can't have any fines, outstanding fines or debts or uh, obligations. You got to fill in the forms the correct way. He's just going to say, "Hey, my name is Donald Trump. I want to be run for president." (laughs) No, you can't have led an insurrection. Okay. Ballot.
2: Right. I mean, if you, if you listen, if you've gotten people uh, around the country in different states have people who have committed a crime, mm-hmm. a felony, and they don't have access to the ballot box, yeah. which is a crime in and of itself to me that um, you lose your ability to vote. But a person who has caused the president of the United States of America has attacked has attacked um the i mean the, the one sovereign process that we have the entire democratic process and there are people who are giving him aid and comfort and a defense it is unconscionable this is as clear as anything you would think uh that every One, Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, whatever label that they fly under, uh, that they would be clear about this. If, in fact, these people cared about democracy and the Constitution.
1: Well, yeah. And this is the part, this little comeback uh, that MAGA thinks is so clever, which is (laughs) so pathetic. So they'll be like, you know, Democrats, you do this to Donnie, we could do it to you. And I'm like, yeah, if if Joe Biden were to lead an insurrection, you should do it to him. <laughs> you should. <laughs> you, just, nobody else has done this except for Donald Trump.
2: Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, oh, and yeah, you know, yeah. the, that's the response to them is you should do it to whoever it is that does it, whether it's a Democrat, whether it's an independent, whether it's a Republican, whoever violates the constitution needs to be held accountable to it this is not because it's a republican that this is being held he just happens to the, the man ran or was a democrat all of his life according to uh reports but all of a sudden he became a republican he ran as a republican so and i'm glad that he is flying under their flag and he's not under the same flag that uh i happen to uh participate under um how shameful listen i wish we had Republicans from that had the attitude of the Republicans in the Richard Nixon days when they didn't want Richard Nixon to be impeached. They didn't want him to be guilty uh, of what he did, but the evidence was overwhelming. And when the evidence became overwhelming, it was Republicans that went to Richard Nixon and say, hey, dude, it's over. You did this. We cannot protect you. The Constitution and and our democratic process is far more important, and we have to protect that. Now, either you make the decision or you leave us with no choice. So Uh, I wish we had those kind of Republicans around. We don't. uh, Well, there's a handful.
1: handful. Yeah, but not enough.
2: Not Uh, enough. enough.
1: Yeah, they, you know, there's a handful, but you're right, not nearly enough. And and the handful that exist are being driven out of politics. Exactly. And the party uh, is taken over by MAGA. Uh, all right, so let me um, uh, throw this at you and get your response to this. I welcome uh, the Secretary of State's decision, uh, Secretary of State Bellows in Maine. I welcome the Supremes of Colorado decision because it showed to me uh, that there were people in this country who took the threat seriously uh, and we're resisting it. We're resisting MAGA. Um, there's another faction of the Democratic Party, and I call them the, the, the fetal positions of the Democratic Party. Uh, whenever there's any pushback from MAGA, they immediately go in a fetal position. And they go, no, no, you can't fight back. These people get so many, like half the Washington Post punditry, I think is in this category, Mark. No, they're gonna MAGA's gonna get mad at us. They're gonna get angry. It's gonna stir up MAGA. No, 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 don't do this. Uh, which is man, I've never seen such scaredy cats in my whole life. Uh, So that's my position on it. Uh, Do you have any sympathy for the fetal position Democrats who say uh, that it's just going to cause more troubles uh, to to resist Donald Trump, that you should always allow him to get away with whatever he wants to get away? Don't impeach him. Let him on the ballot, even though he has an insurrection. Don't prosecute him. It's only going to stir up MAGA. What's your feeling about uh, fetal position Democrats Go
2: ahead. well, these people are just as just as much as enabling uh, as Republicans who are willful to do this sort of thing, uh, and they're cowards, and they should not be in those positions when have we when is it that we now have become emotionalized about upholding the law? Uh, you know when is it that that we follow the law uh, and hold people accountable, you know based on somebody being angry or you know some some threat that i mean you know that 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 sort of nonsense i mean it's ridiculous that uh, these people are demonstrating their cowardness or their complicitness one of the two yeah i'm with you in on that
1: one and then uh you got to take a stand ladies and gentlemen uh so i'm glad somebody uh is taking a stand all right uh that is the uh the overriding issue it's funny it's Uh, We're coming to the end of the first term of Joe Biden's uh, presidency. We're coming in the last year of Joe Biden's presidency. And I must confess uh, that Joe Biden is not the significant political force in the country right now. And that would be Donald Trump. The threat of fascism and the end of democracy, I think, is far more significant uh, than anything. This is me speaking, than anything uh, Joe Biden Uh, has done as president or anything Joe Biden would do as president because Joe Biden basically essentially follows the rules of the Constitution and plays accordingly, um, whether you like his policies or not. And uh, do you agree with me on that position, that Donald Trump is uh, the most uh, powerful presence uh, in American politics right now?
2: Well, evil has always been the most uh, powerful presence in our existence. Period, uh, uh, in the world. So that that's always been in the place. I mean, righteousness and what what is right and true uh, has always been on the fringe. Um, but the the our task and our job is to be clinically focused on educating the public on the difference between the two and what it, what. You know they have to decide on what we want for the future. Joe Biden was not my choice. I was not a fan of Joe Biden when he announced that he was um, running for president. I was not a fan uh, of him then, and I said, "Boy, we need another. Uh, we need another candidate. This is not the person." Today, 14 million jobs later. 10 times more than the last three Republican administrations, 800,000 manufacturing jobs, 3.7% in unemployment, the lowest black unemployment in American history. These are the facts that it is incumbent upon us to continue to drill into the heads and into the minds of the American public of what has been done under this administration in the last three years uh, that republicans democrats and independents are benefiting from and the future of this country if we continue in this way um, can do nothing but thrive and prosper you know jerome powell who was appointed by donald trump has announced that there may be three rate decreases next year the first time in american history that this has happened in terms of saying that we're going to have to uh we're going to drop interest rates three times that's never been predicted in american history by uh, uh the the secretary of the treasury yeah. so uh these policies that this administration has been able to navigate to get done through this congress uh is nothing short of a miracle that what he's been able to get done but Not only that is it a miracle but it does show that he has matured he has become wise and i think that his eight years behind barack obama and seeing what the congress did to barack obama certainly in his mind said that if i get the chance to be the president of the united states i will not allow for them to do to me what they did to barack obama Uh, as president. I'm going to forge ahead, and I'm going to go for broke, and I'm going to do uh, push for the best policies possible, and this man has been able to get Congress to do that, and we are in a far better uh, position now, and if we allow for it to be derailed because of ignorance uh, and emotions, and because some evil person uh, like Donald Trump, which is Precisely what he is, is an evil person. I don't care about whether he's a Republican or not. He's an evil person and he is a detriment uh, to, you know, the advancement of certainly helping poor and middle class people in this country. And anytime somebody has set out to help the poor and certainly set out to help marginalized people, they catch hell from the people who are on the top.
1: Absolutely. Great riff. By the way, when you were on that riff, I was thinking, smiling myself, I think of the, the our articles in the Sun-Times uh, that just appeared over the last few weeks where there were um, exclaims of surprise uh, for merchants and economists uh, about spending patterns over the holidays. Uh, the, the spending on presents for the Christmas season was higher than anyone anticipated, and it was just like this expression of bafflement. It caught us, <laughs> it caught us, caught us by surprise. I went, like, "What's going on?" And nobody credit no, no article I read in the Bright One, the Chicago Sun Did anybody say, "Well, it was the the economic genius, the wizardry of Joe Biden"? Man, will never get credit, Sun every little excuse. Well, I tell you, never anything like it. And I just remember uh, back in 1991, when Bill Clinton was running for the first time and his uh, his sidekick, uh, his campaign strategist, Jim Carville, said, uh, it's the economy, stupid. And it's, <laughs> I laugh, I go, no, no, hey, stupid, it's not the economy anymore. Because if it were the economy, stupid, uh, Joe Biden would be running away in the polls. Instead, it's neck and neck in the polls with Donnie Trump, the insurrectionist. Well, oh, the truth uh, of the matter
2: is the man should be polling, you know, and I'm not a believer in polls because polls don't vote people vote so I, I don't put a lot of stock in polls but he should be polling at 70 yeah. percent based on what he's done he's done more than bill clinton he's done more uh, than barack obama he's done more than any democratic president going back to fdr
1: yeah. but, so this is the thing if i was a hardcore republican it was if if i were somebody who absolutely opposes any kind of regulation of of industry to protect the environment, if I opposed any kind of abortion uh, rights uh, uh, for women, uh, if I uh, opposed any kind of rules that enabled people to uh, organize into a union, you know, on those three big issues, those issues, if I, if I opposed any kind of tax hike on wealthy people, this is hardcore Republican beliefs, I would be against Joe Biden regardless of what the economy did. But most people in this country aren't hardcore that way, mm-hmm. particularly on abortion rights. So well, the the fact that it's like this, America, this is my theme, I'll say it, I say it again, it's not unlike Chicagoans, America has been gaslit and brainwashed by Donald Trump.
2: And the right without question, without question, without question that he has done a masterful job of hijacking the entire democratic process, Republicans and Democrats, um, certainly Republicans, that uh, our entire process that we have, it's the only one that we have to to tweak it, to try to make it better, to try to w- make it uh, work better for, for all. He has completely Hijack that, and it is astonishing that we have allowed one evil, dumb person uh, to to do this to our to the country. It, yeah. It's it's astonishing. Yeah. But on one hand, it's astonishing. On the other hand, when you look at people who believe that certain people don't deserve to progress in this country, he is their person. Mm. He is their person uh, to help try and turn the clock back. Yeah, absolutely. I guarantee you, by the way,
1: if he was the president with this economy right now, the Sun-Times would be writing some stories. Well, say what you will about Trump's totalitarianism, but God darn, employment rates have never been better. You, I know that.
2: Without question. Without question.
1: Backwards to make themselves look like they, you know, are fair and equal minded when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Well, they
2: did that. They did that when he was president. And none of what he did as president (laughs) caused any of, you know, those things to happen. Not a single thing that he do that he did in terms of of policy uh, caused for our economy to be in the condition that it was in. That was all done by the previous administration's
1: uh yeah, well, it's you know that's a whole other story which I'll reserve for another day, an analysis of the ups and downs of the economy and how they're linked to what presidents do uh, and how the general assumption is if you're doing well right now at this given time, you're going to vote for the incumbent because you believe that's what you're, the incumbent's responsible and i I believe that I've never really subscribed to that attitude at all. Uh, like I said in, in in the previous statement is if you have core beliefs that you have. It really doesn't matter, uh, essentially, uh how the economy is at that moment. You you vote for your core beliefs. Uh, but I'm I know I'm not like most voters until now. Until now. I see most voters, the hatred they have for Joe Biden, uh, and I see uh the mainstream media, their fear of looking like they're uh endorsing Biden and sort of trying to play a bean have it have changed the dynamics here. So Joe Biden is not getting credit. For the economy. The Sun Times didn't give many any credit for it. The New York Times doesn't give many any credit for it. We have changed, I think, at this moment in time, Mark. We really have dropped that notion of it's the economy stupid. Uh but we would pick it up really fast if it if, were
2: Republicans who were in yes. charge. Yes. If Republicans were in the seat, uh they would be getting they would be getting all the praise. Listen, and they would be getting praises by some people um who are in the black community that would be praised. there are some people now who, there are people uh, that are single issue voters, right? And in the black community, especially uh, among African-American men, many African-American men are single issue voters. So there are still a lot of African-American men who are angry at Joe Biden uh, because he was quote unquote, one of the authors of the crime bill of 1994. Uh, not not to mention that everybody in Congress voted for it, except for eight people, right, uh, voted for, for for that bill. Everybody, including Republicans, every single Republican voted for it. And there were only eight people who voted against it. So, but there are single issue people. And so there are people who are still angry at that. Listen, I was angry at it. I thought it was bad. Look, but Bill Clinton signed it into law. Wait, come uh, on, Mark,
1: did you think it was bad in real time? back in 1994 yeah, I
2: thought, yes, So i have, thought it was a terrible bill uh back then because what it did was it put on steroids uh saying that we're going to um enslave more black men basically right by putting people in jail for having one one crack cocaine for 30 years to life when somebody can have you know a half a a kilo of of pure cocaine and get probation. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was and it did that now. People forget that Ronald Reagan came into office and Ronald Reagan put on steroids the war on on drugs which was the war on black men. There were 180,000 black men in prisons in the United States when Ronald Reagan took office. By 1987, that number was at 600,000 because every person running for political office nationally, statewide, um, and federally ran on, Democrats and Republicans, ran on this whole get tough on crime, which means they were tough on Black men by incarcerating Black men. So this happened long before the Joe Biden war on crime instead of them doing something about treating a uh, treatment, um, rather than just throwing people into cell, cells, uh, they destroyed generations of families in the black community, uh, by incarcerating black men. And as a result, there's over 1.2 million black men incarcerated. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, the, uh, the, 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 the damage that that has done, um, you know, is, is just immeasurable. But the point is, is that there are a lot of people who are single issue and they're focusing on that one thing, which is why Joe Biden just does not get the credit. Me, I look at, you know, that people can evolve and people can change. And I have to look at what people have done, uh, to either evaluate whether or not, they get a, an opportunity for to say, "Hey, this person has grown. They made some terrible decisions, and they made uh, some mistakes. But look at where they have evolved to." I can only look at Joe Bre- uh, Joe Biden's record and to see where we are today with the policies that he's been able to get done, and the opportunities that are ahead um, that could be absolutely eroded if we change course and give this back to the Republicans and certainly give it back to, um, Donald Trump. Um, the, the it, I think it's going to be catastrophic, mm. absolutely catastrophic. I had, there's
1: a theory out there and uh, I'll call it the Mark Wallace theory. Uh, and cause, uh, you've, uh, articulated more than once on this show and I articulated it in my own way for lefties but uh, you do it uh, from the perspective of a black man in America. Uh, and I'll allow you to do the Mark Wallace theory, but essentially uh, it, 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 <laughs> the, the Mark Wallace theory uh, is, if I could uh, sum it up is this, I want to be able to vote for a Republican. I would like to have a credible alternative to the democratic party. I say, this is a lefty all the time, Mark. What are you offering me? In 1994, when that crime bill passed, there was not one Republican in America who stood up for it. The only people who stood up against, against, it. It, against it, my bad. And the only people who stood up against it were a few people on the fringes like you and me. Right. You know, just fringe people were against it. Ad mm-hmm. Hill, may she rest in peace, was against it. I can't like, count on my hand the number of people in Chicago who were against it. It's like the same people who dared to oppose Richard M. Daly. Right. You know, when we were written right. off of malcontents and gadflies and losers. And now, me, <laughs> you know, I just shake my head when I hear it, like, where were all you guys in 1994? And I know, I know, you know, who was also was not against it? Donald Trump
2: with exactly. his Central
1: Park Five advertisement. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, absolutely. why don't you just talk a little bit, going on a, a Mark Wallace riff about how you wish. You could vote for the have a credible reason to vote for the Republican Party. Go ahead.
2: Well, I, I certainly wouldn't say that I have a credible reason to vote for the Republican Party, but to, to have an alternative to what we what it is that we have, the Republican Party of today, is not an alternative for um, our dissatisfaction with the Democratic Party. Um, it is. I equate this. I'm in a real estate business, and I equate this to. Renovating a house—that you have a old house that has, you know, over time been neglected. It's in disrepair, and it needs uh, to be renovated. You don't blow the house up. You you renovate and you get rid of the, the problems, but you you take the the foundation uh, of it and the bones of it. That's good, and you make it better. You fix the parts that are broken. The Republican Party is completely ripped apart they have no core whatsoever Uh, they don't have an agenda for helping people their only uh, agenda for the republican party is to have power to continue to create chaos and vitriol and revenge they do not have a policy and i always say to people show me one single public policy that the republicans offer to the average working person that is going to make their lives better now and for the future that they have put forth. Just one, not two, one. Nobody can do it. When I ask my co-hosts what they all point to is the border. I said the border is not an economic policy. Oh my God. Uh, they all point to the border and most don't even understand the, bo- the border. And And so I will say, well, first of all, you know, the border is not the biggest problem that we have in terms of immigration. Let's get that straight. But the point is, is that the Republican Party is, we just, it's not an alternative. What we have to do, we have the Democratic Party, which is far beyond, uh, you know, perfect, but it is something that we could work with. We have to figure out those of us have to get ourselves together to figure out how to make them work better for the whole of the country. Right now, the Republican Party is not an alternative. I'm with you on that. I am so
1: with you on that. All right, let's make the transition uh, to Chicago, close it down uh, with some Chicago uh, political talk. Uh, It's the end of the year, and it's the end of uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson's first year in office. He was inaugurated in May. Uh, your general thoughts
2: about year one of Mayor Brandon Johnson's tenure. My my general thoughts are is, is that Mayor Johnson has made some decisions. I, I wish he had done something, certainly by a, a core issue that uh, we have, um, you know, uh, fought uh, over the last 14 years. And certainly I hope I, I wish that he had turn the clock back in terms of making an executive decision to reverse uh, Mayor Lightfoot's six mile an hour, uh, zero tolerance on speeding back to uh, where it was before, at least at the very least, he didn't do that. Um, And I think that uh, obviously he's made some, some mistakes. He doesn't have what I think uh, the greatest advisors around him. Um, But, uh, i I think that he has time to get it uh, to get on track. I mean, he's got three years uh, to get himself on track, and I hope that he makes the kinds of changes to bring people around him that could uh, certainly help move a progressive agenda forward uh, that uh, can certainly manage the the situation that we have in terms of the uh, asylum seekers um that you know um he inherited i mean it wasn't a problem that he created um and i had a conversation with him you know the mayor called me on saturday uh because i sent him a text um two days prior to that i sent him a text that uh it is time for the attorney general kwame Warhol, to take some serious action and impose uh, sanctions against cars planes trains Uh, that are illegally transporting people across state lines that the attorney general needs to do a statewide ban on this uh, and impose sanctions that you know all their vehicles modes of transportation will be confiscated this thing that they're doing by different cities and municipalities it doesn't work because they'll just go to a different municipality as they're doing Mm -hmm. so that's why i think that the attorney general has to do that and i and i sent that text to him and he called me on saturday Acknowledging that he received it, and he understood it, and he told me that he's had some conversations with the attorney general. Um, and I did a, I, I sent out a, a presser to all of the media yesterday, saying that the attorney general needs to act, and the media needs to put pressure on the attorney general, asking him why he is not taking uh, this course of action. Because I believe that it is certainly within the purview of his authority, and certainly within the constitution. That he can do it now all of these people who are talking about protecting the borders right well isn't it the responsibility of the governor and the the mayors uh, of of our state to protect our border Um, so um, you know we have a border that needs to be protected let's let's defend it uh if you know, if we're going to have that, let's have it on balance. You want to talk about the border down uh, in in Texas? Let's talk about protecting the border. So he called me on Saturday, and we had that conversation. And I reiterated to him then I, that, and I expressed to him, "Listen, I understand you got a tough job. It's easy for somebody to sit on the sideline and be critical, but you have a tough job, and this it's it's a very hard hard city to manage. But you got the job, and it's your responsibility." and uh so and i said to him and i gave him some suggestions uh, of, of things that i think that uh should be done and i and i think that this might the, the, really i think that the migrant uh, situation is an opportunity and not a crisis um because i think we have plenty of housing here and plenty of land here that we could put people to work building housing and re- redeveloping unused housing here to house the homeless as well as to provide housing for the migrants so that they become Uh, productive um, to our economy. So I don't see it as a crisis. I see it as an opportunity. But his overall performance, I think that, you know, it's one that I have to uh, say that is, you know, I'm going to reserve, you know, giving any type of a grade. It's a tough job. Uh, I'm sure there are some things that could have been done better. But you know, I, I'm I'm supporting of Brandon Johnson. I voted for him. You know, I I, I campaigned for him, uh, and I'm still holding out hope that he is going to get his footing and become a good mayor. All right, I got a, a few things that were I should uh, respond to in your
1: riff. Uh, I'll start with the last part first. Uh, where you supported him. And uh, listen, I'm just going to admit this. I'm going to acknowledge this. I'm going to get this out in the open. Why pretend? I'm too old to pretend anymore, Mark. Every time I go to a public library and see Brandon Johnson, Mayor Johnson's photo on the wall, every time I go to O'Hare and hear his voice going, Welcome to Chicago. I'm Mayor Brandon Johnson. And every time I drive down, I see a sign that says Mayor. I'm happy. I knew this kid. He was a young man. I watched him grow up. I, he would always come on my show. Not anymore. Now he's a mayor. Okay, mayor. I understand you call Mark Wallace. You don't call me. I get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just teasing mayor. Not really. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I'm happy because it's like, I just proud that this is our mayor. You know, I know your that sounds corny or whatever, but that's why I, I, haven't, I haven't felt this way, really. Uh, well, it was relief with Lori Lightfoot. When I would see Lori Lightfoot's picture up there at the library uh, or, or O'Hare, i go, thank God it's not Rama Emanuel. Okay, right. <laughs> this yeah. is an improvement. Right. All right? right. I, right. I, I voted for Lori Lightfoot, a, a yeah. Mark. I was like, this is an improvement. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if Lori Lightfoot had that runoff against Paul Vallis, I would have voted for Lori Lightfoot. No doubt about it so no,
2: you know without, what I without question I, I would have had to vote for uh um laurie Lightfoot. but I, I mean i just just unbelievable
1: and, and and see that's part of the psychology of being a chicagoan and it took me a while to appreciate this so in the 90s like i was out an outsider mark like i'd see mayor daly's photo and i'd be ah. Uh, Mm-hmm. Oh, God. But all, they're all, like, all the other Chicagoans are like happy little campers. Oh, there's Mayor Daley. I'm a yeah, Chicago. I didn't understand it. I
2: didn't understand it. I didn't it.
1: understand it, man. Yeah. I never understood it, but they were happy. They were just so happy with Mayor Daly. So there's that essence. I'm happy when I see the photo. But I'm also disappointed, like you are. I mean, like, you know, there's things that I wish you were doing, and you're not doing what I'm doing, and what I want you to do, and particularly on the migrant stuff. But uh, you, know, uh, year, you know, it's his first year. You yeah, know, his first
2: year. Yeah, it's his first life. year, and I think that the 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 migrant stuff and and the um, uh, um, uh, uh, well, I like to call them asylum seekers because people call them illegal. They're not illegal. These are people who made a trek oh, yeah. from wherever they came, and and they they sought us, you know, asylum. They were granted permission to come here, uh, and they're being treated like. You know, cattle, like animals. Okay, so
1: now we're getting to the first part of what you said. Chicago's been brainwashed. Remember I said uh, America's been brainwashed by Donald Trump? Yeah, you've been brainwashed. The economy's good, and you still won't say it because, you know, you've been watching too much Fox TV, and you're afraid, if you're the Sun-Times, to give credit to Joe Biden, whatever. You've been brainwashed. You're go gaslit. America's been brainwashed and gaslit on uh, asylum seekers. Yes. The city of Chicago has lost so many people over the last 20 years. You're in real estate. You know how many vacant lots we have in the city. You know how much po- population has fallen in the city. We need people. Right. We should be sending buses to Texas going, Abbott, we don't need you. We got our own buses. Come to Chicago, okay? And this is the second part of the equation. We've gotta put Chicagoans to work building the housing and we gotta get the feds to pay for it. And that absolutely. has been absolutely the equation from the get-go, absolutely. My opinion. And it That's be exactly Pritzker, what should be happening. Biden and, and Johnson
2: on board. Now, let me say this. Let me say Go. this. Marsha Fudd, who is the secretary of, of HUD, they have sent billions of dollars to Illinois. Governor Pritzker needs to get with Brandon Johnson and stop using, you know, his little deceptive, you know, uh, Power craze right to to be harmful and try to make himself look like an angel but he needs to get with brandon johnson and they need to come up with, and bring that funding to chicago so that we can build housing and put people to work here um and to house our unhoused people who are, who are citizens here and to put the asylum seekers to work that they are contributing to our account uh, our economy immigrants contribute more than $460 billion to our United States economy. They are not a, you know, a scourge on on our uh, economy or our communities. And we have to not allow, as you say, ourselves to be brainwashed that we are fighting against a marginalized people in particular. Now, I am critical of Black folks who are being brainwashed and going out protesting another marginalized group. And we were a marginalized group and are a marginalized group. uh, And we have no business uh, protesting against these people. Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas being unchecked in this entire process, nobody holding him accountable. He is a person who is illegally transporting and, and hiring companies to bring these people here. Let's go after the companies that are doing it. Who are these people that are you know, being paid millions, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars of federal taxpayers' uh, money to participate in an illegal scheme? So what I'm saying pe- that people should do is they the new buses drop those migrants off. We should load those buses up and go back to Texas on those buses and <laughs> Get off in front of Greg Abbott's house and in front of his governor's mansion and protest him, yeah. rather than protesting Brandon Johnson and, and 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 our government here that's trying to manage this situation. But yes, there's there's certainly a lot, but more things that they could be doing to make this much more fruitful.
1: What a thought! Like buses driving uh, people to Chicago and then turning around, driving them back to Texas. Uh, It's just this country is uh, freaking insane right now. I'll say that. Uh, And uh, yeah, no, it, your, your point is uh, a good one. (laughs) I mean, the heartlessness, the cruelness of uh, Gregory Abbott and DeSantis and MAGA in general on this issue uh, is just one more reason uh, to vote against anything related to MAGA Right, uh, and that is for uh, for certain. And these, oh my God, they think they're slick. They're dropping off bus people in Kankakee, and telling them it's Chicago. I mean, it's just, it's like a uh, a really awful, bad satirical uh, dystopian novel.
2: And uh, well, what is happening here, uh, Ben? And you may not have noticed this, is that they're only doing this, and you only see the attention in municipalities or cities that are being led by black people. Now, forget about his political uh, ideology in Aurora. They're doing it here in Chicago. They went to Aurora, and now they're going to Kankakee. All three of those cities are headed by black people, and those are the three cities that are getting the media attention. And New York. New York. Uh, Uh, Eric Adams. Right. So That's a good point. Uh, you know, and I don't, I don't think that anybody has really paid, uh, No, you, they, you're money. the first one to raise that on this, uh,
1: uh, show. Absolutely. Cause the two things tie together. Yeah. See the, uh, where Chicago has been, Chicago has been led to believe, uh, one way or the other, uh, that, uh, only a white person can be the mayor of Chicago. That's mm-hmm. something that Chicagoans are battling all the time, whether they admit it or not. Most them will mm-hmm. never admit it. You'll never get anybody in right. Chicago to admit that, no. which is really weird. Right. But anyway, we we're like just that's that's like this concept, and that was the Paul Valles theme, and essentially mm-hmm. that's what he was projecting. And this is a guy, Paul Valles, whose entire career has been one what of getting fired or kicked out or failure or what have you. But in Chicago, and rejected
2: and, and rejected by the by the voters of Chicago three times. I mean, and here. He would have been the Donald Trump of Chicago. He would have been a Donald Trump of Chicago, and then you had these meritorious manumissioners that supported that nonsense because there were five Republicans, multi-billionaire Republicans, that propped uh, Paul Vallis up. They are the ones who did this. So this would have been Republicans controlling uh, Chicago. So we would have had a Donald Trump Chicago uh, that we've had over this country imagine that
1: meritorious manumission that is a mark wallace phrase from the year 2023 uh i did not come up with it it's it's another mark Wallaceism. uh meritorious manumission we did well, actually sure. is not
2: it's actually it was a it was an actual uh policy uh that was you know put in place in virginia in 1710
1: Yes, and I believe the only person who applied it to Chicago in 2023 was Mark (laughs) Wallace. (laughs) So don't duck and dodge on that one. I won't. I won't. And I,
2: I will. I will proudly, proudly uh, wear that.
1: (laughs) I remember I heard it, and I'm like, you had me scrambling in the dictionary. What? And I looked it up. Like, oh my god, this dude knows his stuff.
2: Meritor. I love. I love
1: how the Ms like ring off each other. Yes. Yes. Uh, One of the highlights of 2023. All right, uh, before we uh let you go out the door, uh anything you want to get off your chest, yes. uh, anything you
2: want to promote, anything you want to say, the floor the is yours. Mark Wallace, go. The first thing I want to get at is I you know, vindication is not something that I, you know, really talk much about, but I feel in, absolutely vindicated. Uh in my over a decade of my complete disdain. Of Edward M. Burke, oh, yeah, Burke. Uh, who is the corrupt criminal uh, that he is, has finally been held accountable uh, for his crimes that he has perpetrated uh, on 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 this city and what he he did uh, and the nastiness that he did to Harold Washington and all of you know that, that he did in turn to try to derail his administration. Uh, and you know, I was kicked off a radio program on WVON uh, because of my um, outward criticism of him and a black organization who had, you know, this outward racist criminal um as their honorary member, and I thought it was the most disgusting thing that I had seen in you uh, know of Ed Burke, and I you know, made no bones about criticizing uh, that organization for having him as a honorary member of what was supposed to be a black social organization doing things uh, for black people uh, of which I don't know what they do uh, or have done. But um, I was on a program and um, the host of that program, you know, got upset because I criticized their organization for having Ed Burke as as the honorary member. I said, of all of the white people in Chicago that do great things for the black community, you go get that racist uh, to (laughs) be an honorary member of an all black organization. You all Uh, couldn't do better than that. Uh, And so so I feel vindicated uh, by that criminal being held accountable, yes.
1: Oh, uh, that was a great riff. And uh, I just, it spoke to me. Uh, I've used this microphone uh, to make similar riffs. Uh, you know, I moved to Chicago in 1981, and right, uh, Burke was one of Jane Byrne's biggest supporters. And then he led the fight against Harold Washington. And I was, it, I just, it, I mean, people make fun of me that I'm astounded or surprised, but I don't know Chicago. I was new to Chicago that Chicago would just so openly embrace this man and shower him with just as you pointed out with accolades and call him just honor, honorifics and how intelligent he is and how smart he is. People would be saying the stand, the, the city council gave him a standing ovation. Uh, and it's, it's all because they feared him. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's like they, they, they wanted they were willing to put up with this level of corruption in Chicago where you had to kiss the ring um, because it was just, they looked at people like you and me, Mark, we're on the fringes. Like if you stand up to it, you're always on the fringe. You follow what I mean? Anybody who dares to say you're going to get fired for, you're not going to be on mainstream radio. Right. If you, if you defy the man, you're going to fire you. You go, all right, you're allowed to criticize Trump, but don't criticize Rahm Emanuel. Okay. No, absolutely not. Yeah, So, you know, it's a city of yes-men. And you're right. And they finally caught up with him. And part of me, like, I always say, hey, thank you, Danny Solis. <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> yes. You, Danny Solis. Whenever I, yeah. I say that, people go, Ben, he was
2: corrupt, too. And I'm like,
1: yeah, but whatever. <laughs> he brought down Burke,
2: didn't he? Well, so. you know, the other side of it is that you had these, you had rod sawyer and all these other so-called you know current and former politicians being an apologist for okay. ed oh well he was nice to me rod sawyer said well he came by and you know visit my father every day in his last days wonderful thing al capone gave plenty of money to the church but he went no. out and murdered people the next day so um just because you do you know, some good things on the surface does not justify the crimes that you have committed and perpetrated uh on on people for decades. Yeah, no, I'm gonna have to read. Come on, Rod, you're gonna have to come on the show and defend Ed Burke. I
1: gotta hear I saw I read those quotes in the Sun Times. I was shaking my head. Uh and Raylo, all the quotes from the aldermen who were so sad that <laughs> Ed Burke was just... like Tommy <laughs> yeah. Tunney, shame on all of you. Yeah, and you know what? Here's the thing that I always smile at when I think about Chicagoans and Ed Burke. Uh, wow, they have this reverence of them. I'm like, name one thing that Ed Burke did as Alderman that benefited anybody, not named Ed Burke. Uh, and then they're like, I don't know, they really struggle with this one. And then they go, Well, you know, uh, and you would know this is real estate. Yes. Uh, that uh that condos in Chicago. Uh, have to have fire ex uh, like deterrent devices, you know what I mean? Right. The, yes. whatever they call them, like, and I'm like, you think that wouldn't have happened if not for Ed Burke, right? You, you were actually that's so Chicago, to right? Think that's only a Chicago would think that way, you know what I mean? If it wasn't for Ed Burke, there would be no. If, fire deterrents in condominium. Like that's it, that's your one thing. They spend an hour. They they come up with that. Mm-hmm. Come on, Mark. You know if it,
2: if it wasn't for Ed Burke, your real estate taxes would have been a lot better uh over, over the decades. If it wasn't for Ed Burke and Mike Madigan, I mean there are judges that are judges that are, I'm sure today that are singing their praises that this man is gone because those two guys were the henchmen's over judges over our entire judiciary here in Cook County. And most people were not aware that these two guys had that kind of power over judges. You know, look, Timothy Evans was nothing more than, you know, a placeholder uh, in that position. Um, And, you know, I don't have any great likes for him either. Uh, So, um, you know, just because he happens to be, you know, in black skin, he, he does not uh, is not somebody that uh, has done a lot for the black community. In fact, he is the reason that we ended up with a daily for twenty three
1: years. Yeah. Uh, this now we're we're beginning to head down into what I call Monroe Anderson country. Monroe and Anderson and I love revisiting uh, nineteen eighty seven split in the black community talk about it. Uh, it's like a parable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the frustrations of uh, life in the city of Chicago. We'll avoid that. We have run out of time anyway. Uh, Mark Wallace, I want you to thank you for being on the show, and I want you and your family to have the best of uh, New Year's, and I'll see you in January. Bring you right back, and we'll talk more politics, all right?
2: Ben, I always appreciate you, uh, Ben, and the work that you do. Certainly, uh, I'm one of your, your, your students. Uh, and I certainly appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on and, and just be a part of this great work that you do. And I look forward to any time uh, that you invite me to come on. I always look forward to it. I certainly appreciate it. And I want you to have a great, great rest of your holiday season. And let's have a fantastic 2024.
1: Yeah, resistance continues. Uh, the resistance continues in 2024 against MAGA and Trump. Thank you very much, Mark Wells. Also, want to thank producer Chris. He does an outstanding job. And I know Mark agrees with me when I say, "Hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Have a great New Year's, everybody." And
0: remember, you can always catch up on previous Ben Jarofsky shows. Get Benny J. bonus interviews, read columns from Ben Jarofsky, and so much more, all at ChicagoReader.com. Follow Ben on Instagram at Benny J show and like, and subscribe to the Ben Jarofsky show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms.